Hey, it's that time. Another edition of Unlock with Fox's Brock Heward. I am Lance Taylor from the next round. It is Disrupt the Media. Make sure you like, subscribe, give us that thumbs up. It is always brought to you by MyBookie. Use that code next round. Get that first deposit bonus on the house at MyBookie.ag. So, a week ago, we're talking. Your phone's blowing up, and you're like, oh, i got to check this. <laughs> it's Pete Carroll. He's out. He's no mm. longer Seattle's coach. So, mm. we go into our offices here at Disrupt. I tell him the news. I'm like, we need to get something out on this. It was breaking news with Brock, a guy that uh, knows Pete well, knows the organization well. And that led us to the discussion of when Nick Saban retires, we need to have a contingency plan. And I swear, and then we get kind of a heads up from CAA that something might be brewing. Mm-hmm. And I told everybody, I said, look, I'm going home right now. I'm going to get a workout in. Um, there is no way Nick Saban is going to retire on the heels of this Pete Carroll announcement. Mm. It will at least be tomorrow. So I get on the Peloton. I get off. I just had this weird feeling. I never don't have my phone with me really during work hours. Went upstairs, checked it. It was on the charger, and it was completely blowing up all over the place. It's done. It's happened. We're live on the air. Where the hell are you? So I had to take a shower and get on air. Um, I've been hyping up Kalen DeBoer. Um, you were one of the guys that helped sell me on him just mm-hmm. along this incredible journey uh, in 2023 for Washington en route to playing for the national championship. I think it took Alabama fans a moment to get on board when they started to do a little due diligence and a, and a deep dive on Kalen DeBoer. I think they got really excited when they saw Kalen DeBoer 10 feet away from Nick Saban at the initial press conference on Saturday at Bryant-Denny Stadium. I think the control – uh, his vision. I think Alabama mm-hmm. fans really got excited about that. But the last couple of days with this insane NIL transfer portal, um, you know, the ship has taken on some water and I've gotten text. I thought you told me this guy's a good coach. And right. I'm like, give him a little bit of time. You know, mm-hmm. he, he can't, you know, roster retention is priority number one right now, but it didn't matter who was going to take this job, Brock. There was going to be attrition. Um, but for people out there, and I know you're still digesting, processing, not only DeBoer leaving Seattle, but also the landscape of college football in its current state right now. Um, but DeBoer is going to get this right, right? DeBoer can coach. I mean, he can flat out coach. The, the, the resume speaks for itself. And, and it was fun jumping on with you guys in real time when all of that went down and Always appreciate our time together and, and love when it's uh, Ryan and Jim as well and, and the whole crew. Um, he can he can flat out scheme. He can flat out coach. He can flat out get the most out of all of his talent. I mean, that is decades and decades of resume. That, that I, I, I'd have a hard time believing he's going to go to Tuscaloosa and forget how to put his players with his staff in the very best position possible. The question, and every coach, just like every quarterback, just like every radio host, just like every salesman, just like everybody in their job, you have things that you're better at. You have areas that maybe aren't your greatest strength. And I think there are those in Husky land that would say, geez, you know, he sure took advantage of Chris's class. He sure took advantage of cupboards that were actually pretty full and then brought in some free agents that were darn good players that he had background with at Indiana and Michael Penix and others. You know, the the recruiting aspect of it, you know, the – I always said, um, Lance, that I felt like of the two jobs that could come available, Alabama and Michigan, that Kalen would be more equipped for Ann Arbor, the Rust Belt, areas he's been, connections he's made. The South is a different animal. I mean, you got Lane Kiffin just subtweeting and mean tweeting and hate tweeting every single moment of every single day, right? Then down there, I don't, you're not going to have another Big Ten coach do any of that stuff. 
it's a different world then in the SEC. It's a world that he's totally unfamiliar with. But I think you've seen, okay, fine. The players, some of the personnel, some of them don't know, don't get it, don't trust. But look at the staff that he's assembling. Look at the current head coaches that are leaving their current head coaching jobs to want to come be a part of his staff, let alone, as I told you guys that day, that's come to fruition, the Ryan Grubbs and others that are going to come follow. Because one guy is not going to replace Nick Saban. It's going to take an army. It's going to take a team. And I think he's putting that personnel on the coaching side together in a marvelous way. The personnel side, the recruiting side, life down south side, I think those are areas that, uh, yeah, there's going to be some room to grow for him for sure. Yeah, I think when you leave places like South Alabama and Buffalo, I mean, those are head jobs. And there is no way you're going to uproot your family and you're going to leave an FBS job if you don't think this guy is going to have success and yep. put you in a situation to get a better job than those. So, you know, that that shows me these guys have got a ton, a ton of confidence in Caleb DeBoer. The final thing I'll ask you before we get into the NFL playoffs, divisional games this upcoming weekend, mybookie.ag. Put in that promo code next round. Get that first deposit on the house at mybookie.ag. Look. When people start to pick over this Alabama roster, it's because it opened up for 30 days with a coaching change. Mm -hmm. Same in Washington. Mm -hmm. And there are some talented players that have entered the portal. Do you assume some of these guys will follow the board of Tuscaloosa? I think there will be some. Yeah, I, I think that there will be some. I, I would keep an eye on a couple of these offensive linemen. The center in particular is 280 pounds of absolute steel and sex appeal and an amazing player. That doesn't make as much sense for a college football player. You can dump that. Um, <laughs> uh, but Parker Brailsford is an awesome, just tough little rascal and, and, and was a great leader on that team as a redshirt freshman handling his business against Devondre Sweat and everything thrown his way. So I think that there will be a couple. Uh, how many come back to Jed Fish? Jed's pretty good now. Jed's pretty adaptable. Jed's a pretty good transactional salesman, and he's going to have to to try to retain as many of those as he can. How many will go from Arizona up to up to Seattle and follow Jed? That too will be part of the conversation. But I mean, Kalen has shown you everywhere he's been, and this had to be appealing to Greg Burns in Alabama. They had to know. I mean, when Nick Saban leaves, others are going to come poach. When Nick Saban leaves, those that went, you know, because of Nick and had no background were never recruited to, to Kalen DeBoer at Fresno State or Washington. Most all of those guys that are in the portal down there or the ones committed there right now, there's no touch point. There's no relationship. So you knew this was coming. The key is when it settles and when that dust settles and when the roster is there this spring, and I'm sure there'll be more transactions in the spring when the portal comes open again, do you trust that he's going to get the most? out of that personnel. And I think that that was a definitive yes. And when they looked around college football and they looked at, okay, who's going to follow Nick? I'm sure there were a bunch of them like, thanks, but no thanks. Appreciate you, Jimmy. Thanks for giving me my raise in Tallahassee and giving me my raise in Austin. And thank you. I really appreciate the job. That's why I hire you, the power broker agent, to get my job done. There were many that were not going to want to go and follow in those footsteps. Kalen DeBoer, pretty unflappable. Kalen DeBoer, pretty confident. And I'll say it again. Kalen DeBoer, about a two-decade-old resume of getting the absolute most out of his personnel. I expect him to do the same. He is Fox's Brock Heward. It's unlocked on Disrupt the Media. Make sure you like and subscribe. Give us that thumbs up. We would appreciate that. It is brought to you by Lance'sLock.com. Free play every single day. We are getting ready for the divisional matchups this weekend. I'm going to go on and call a 4-0 for us here at Lance'sLock.com. I do like these games a lot. We start Saturday, the surprising Houston Texans taking on Baltimore. A uh, team where we love the culture, the organization, 
Lamar yeah. Jackson is just an incredible talent. He has struggled in the postseason. They're a nine-and-a-half-point favorite after the week of rest. Um, C.J. Stroud, man, just com- continues to amaze, yes. even on that stage that is the postseason. Um, do, do you think there's any chance C.J. Stroud can roll into Baltimore and have success mm-hmm. against this Raven defense? I don't think so. I, I just uh, I don't I don't see that and I don't I don't feel that I was uber confident with you and totally wrong last week when it came to Dallas and thinking that Dallas was finally equipped and finally able to get over that hump and finally able to bury some of those awful playoff bodies that just continue to haunt them they did not and they were tight and they were tense and they played with fear and with some doubt and ultimately I mean just Green Bay was was free <laughs> I don't expect that situation for CJ and Houston going into Baltimore. And I think just stylistically, it's going to be really, really hard. I mean, just the, just the brutal physical nature. I was asked on my show today, like which and whose shoes would you rather be in Jordan love heading out there and facing the 49ers front or CJ Stroud facing Baltimore. And I said, pass hard pass. Neither because <laughs> both of them are going to take, you know, it, Lance. both of them yeah. are going to take a beating man. The, the playoffs get ratcheted up a team that had a week off a team who plays at home with kind of the ferocity and the, and and I think Mike McDonald's a tremendous defensive coordinator, and CJ is going to see some things that he's never seen before, and he's going to get hit in ways he's never gotten hit before. So that nine and a half feels like a pretty pretty fair number to me. You know, you know what the narrative is going to be if Lamar Jackson has a bad game and they yep. get upset. I mean, it's the same we got with Dallas. You just brought yep. him up, and uh, I'm shocked Mike McCarthy was retained as the head coach, but Jerry Jones, I guess, felt that was uh in the best interest uh the rapport he developed with Dak Prescott Mm -hmm. but I do think if Lamar struggles here it's going to be man this guy is really good in the regular season but he can't win in the postseason yep and then I think D'Amico Ryans and and that staff in Houston deserve a ton of credit and and they just embarrassed Joe Flacco and a couple pick sixes and I I love the clip that's gone kind of viral of him before that third down play or fourth down play and saying hey you know what's coming they love those little stick routes now breaking just you know flat-footed look him in the eye and then use your athleticism to jump it and he jumped it and he picks it and just makes an amazing play and so he's dialed in just again man and we see this with the number one seeds and with this weekend in particular with the layoff and and everything and for Houston it's got to feel and we'll get to Detroit I know in a second but one of the hard things too is like wow you know like Detroit just through a parade fireworks city goes crazy you know you win your first playoff game in 30 years and your second in 50 or 60 years like now you got to come off all that emotion. And for Houston, similarly, like you just want a playoff game. Nobody expected you to do this. Can they go in there with house money or do they go in there just spent and broke? I think it is going to be difficult in, in Baltimore just because of the physical nature of that matchup, going to make it even more difficult. Second divisional game, primetime Saturday night. Green Bay coming off the fresh upset where they completely dominated the Cowboys. Head to San Fran to take on the one-seeded Niners. This number also pretty massive. San Francisco's a nine-and-a-half-point favorite. Um, Based on the way he has played in the last nine games, Jordan Love is 7-2, 21 touchdowns, only one pick. Can I say Jordan Love is the better quarterback in this matchup? Yeah, I I think that's fair to say. Yeah, I think if you put Brock Purdy on Green Bay, is he doing that? What was that touchdown interception? What did he twenty one to one over the yeah, last night? Yeah, that is just absurd. And the creativity and the size and extending plays and playing on rhythm and playing on time, which has been a big part of the narrative over the that stretch, and certainly was coming out of Dallas from everybody. Like, yeah, this is nice. You know, Aaron. It kind of reminds me of when Matt Hasselback came to Seattle, Lance, and Mike Holmgren had traded for him, and it was a bummer for me. 
because I was hoping that maybe I'd get an opportunity and, but wasn't going to be that way and totally get it. And he brought somebody that he knew and had familiarity and he and, and Matt really butted heads and had a hard time to the point that he eventually benched Matt, played Trent Dilfer because Matt wanted to get to like chapter 15. Matt had, Matt had time on task. He was there in Green Bay. He was there with Favre. He was there with Holmgren. It's like, yeah, I know. I know chapter one, like we're good. Like I, I, I can do more than this. And Holmgren kept saying, Matt, the rest of the guys can't. I need you to do it as I'm telling you to do it. I need you to make that Tom call. I need you to five hitch and throw. I need you to just do the basics first before we get to the further part. It took years and years and years for Brett in that group to all coalesce together. I need you on chapter one. And Matt had a hard, hard time doing that. And he would tell you that and just butted heads with him. You're kind of seeing right now the advantage of a Jordan Love who's got to go out there and prove that he was worthy of that number one you know, first round pick and prove that this time here that they've developed me, I can start with Coach LaFleur on chapter one. I'm not going to try to be Aaron Rodgers. And Aaron was so advanced and got so frustrated at times with guys that couldn't play at his level. And you feel this breath of fresh air right now with this group like, hey, man, we're all in this together. And all these young receivers and all this young new nucleus that's building up you, you feel it, man. They're playing with a ton of confidence. Of those two games, I think I feel better about Green Bay covering. I don't think they're going to win, but I think I feel better about them covering because we've also seen some vulnerabilities in that 49ers defense. We've also seen them just want to play some of their stuff, kind of like Dallas did last week, and then you just kind of take it apart. The quarterback, quarterback that's playing with nothing to lose and just tremendous confidence, I think they're going to be able to score some points enough to beat San Francisco. Probably not. But I think that could be a fun one Saturday night. I was gifted one of the best bottles of cab in the world, passing time. Hey, did you just I, see, by the way? Did you see my tweet last night? I did not. You did not see my tweet? No, last I follow night? you, too. I know you don't follow okay. me, but I follow you. And Oh, well, it's time I follow you, then. Uh, my tweet last night was uh, passing time. Oh, I'm trying to just get this right. Which which exact publication? Um, the Sean P. Sullivan Winery of the Year goes to Passing Time. So Northwest Wine Report, one of the big uh, wine evaluators. Damon's Passing Time got the got the wine of the year. Well, I can give you my endorsement. I'm being serious when I say this. A fantastic cab. The body is incredible. That fertile ground that they've got up in, uh, is it Eastern okay. Washington? Oh, it's out there at Red Mountain, Walla Walla, the Appalachians over there in Eastern Washington. Just tremendous. Just well, tremendous. the reason I was gifted that incredible bottle from your older brother is because I told the infamous story about me slamming my remote against my cinder block wall yep. of my fraternity yep. uh, in my, my room in my fraternity house back in the day mm -hmm. when he threw a pick six against Notre Dame. In that same room, mm -hmm. uh, just a year or two later, I witnessed San Francisco win their last Super Bowl. So that shows you how long it's been for the 49ers. So much yeah. like Dallas, with all of this pressure on them, San Francisco, yeah. I mean, Green Bay is playing with house money. San Francisco has all the pressure in the world. They do. They do. But for some reason, I feel like a Shanahan's going to handle that a little better than a McCarthy. I don't know why. And obviously, he stumbled on some big stages. And when he's coordinator in Atlanta and a Super Bowl, if Jimmy G just throws a poster and hits them, they probably win that Super Bowl. But he kind of squeezed the ball a little bit tight and missed that one. But I feel like Kyle and John Lynch are just going to be more connected than Jerry Jones and Mike McCarthy in that operation. And I like what Lewis Riddick tweeted. And by the way, I just followed you. So now we're oh, wow. got, on Twitter. So, yeah. Follow me now. Yep, there we go. Um, I like what Lewis Riddick said on Twitter, I believe. This morning or earlier in the week, and he just said, you know, in the playoffs, you got to win a game sometimes. And, you know, the teams that are left standing at the end, you got to win them in different ways. 
And Dallas was really equipped this season to win in one way, and that's blow people out at home. Right, That was to get ahead and play from ahead and just turn those guys loose. But when it came to a grind it out and a tough and just difficult game and a physical game, they're just not equipped and just not built too much finesse and not just enough you know, ground power. And when I look at San Fran, Lance, I don't know about you, but whew, they can do it running it. They can do it play passing it. They can do it at times throwing it. They can certainly play defensively with the ferocity and the speed at home in their front seven that's different and unique. And I think over the course of this season, won different games in different ways, lost some games without Trent and Debo and their top personnel. I think this t- this crew is pretty darn battle-tested to win games in a number of different ways. Yeah, I'll be shocked if San Francisco does not win the NFC with what is left. It's yeah. Unlocked with Fox's Brock Hewitt. is brought to you by MyBookie. Use that code next round. Get that first deposit on the house. That is at MyBookie.ag. Sunday's games, we start in Detroit. Lions hosting Tampa Bay, who I cannot believe is still in the postseason, but I give Baker Mayfield a ton of credit. He is playing his ass off right now. Green Bay, or excuse me, Detroit is a six and a half point favorite. The fear here, here is can Detroit coming off, as you said, the celebratory win, the first in forever? Can they come back down to earth? They're the more talented team. They yep. dominated Tampa earlier this year in Tampa, but can they repeat what they did this past week? Yeah, the one thing I like about Detroit is their ability to run. Now, your Rams shut them down in the second half. I mean, your Rams in that front and Raheem. And some of the adjustments they made in that second half started to really slow down that run game. And that Ben Johnson offense just kind of came to a halt and to a grind until they made a second down play and a little option pass to Amon Ross St. Brown, who is awesome, by the way. Holy smokes. Yeah, is he fun to watch? Gosh, yeah, and, and just you didn't you didn't see that at SC under Clay no. Hill. And uh-huh. I, I know he didn't have elite quarterback play, but nope. man, you know, coming out of high school, it was him and JT Daniels, and you're mm-hmm. like this is going to be one of these pairs that leads USC back to a college football playoff or to their first ever. And you just didn't see what you're mm-hmm. seeing from Amon. No, he's kind of Debo light. I mean, he's not as big as Debo, but they play the game the same way. There is just a, again, a word I used earlier, just a ferocity and just a competitiveness with the way that they play. And, and to me, this is uh, Detroit's O line is awesome, physical. We talked about this last week. Every time Gibbs gets the ball in his hand, he just plays at a at a turbo speed that looks and feels differently. And against a Buccaneers defense, I was chatting actually. Peyton was chatting with me about this um, leading up to the, their Monday night show. He's like, "Man, this Tampa defense would have caused me problems." Because they don't do what they're supposed to do. <laughs> you know, you're so, and Peyton Manning was so good at gaining those tells and like study. And I mean, just at a, at a, at a level that no other QB I'd ever been around in my life then and since was at. And it's like, okay, yep, you're showing me that. I got you, right? And the ball snapped and I'm taking advantage of it. Go ahead, pressure me because I know exactly where your weakness is. Todd Bowles and Tampa's nuts. He's like, they just do stuff that's unorthodox, that's unsound. They will just you know, leave and totally void zones and areas that, you know, other teams just don't do. Like you just don't do that. That's unsound in the NFL terminology, but they're like, the heck with that. You're not going to get to it. We may be messed up and and it may look in, in on paper and on that whiteboard be messed up, but it's going to blow your wires and we're going to hit you and maybe get that turnover. And uh, I think about the Seahawks winning in Detroit in week two, and they won because of a couple turnovers. And had your Rams been able to get one or get two, Lance, we're talking about your Rams playing this weekend instead of being at home. I just can't get over it. They, these know. two coaches, the the head coaches' personalities, it couldn't seem any different from Todd Bowles to Dan Campbell. Would you have wanted to play for a guy like Dan Campbell? Yeah, because he's just unwavering. 
Destiny's Unwavering. I know some of the people in in their um, front office and was texting them and congratulating them, and, and I just loved it. I uh, got a response back, and you know, just I kind of compared it to both Philly and Pete Carroll in the end. And I think what's so hard, Lance, the line in the NFL could be one play. I know it was a tug of the jersey on Puka Nakua, right? It's just one play at times. It is that margin. And if you compromise, right, if you compromise your values, if you compromise your standard, if you compromise your beliefs, you just, you don't make it. You don't survive. And it is so hard not to do that. And I think for three years, you look at Dan Campbell and the regime there and the players and the draft and everything they've done, they just don't compromise. Philly compromised. I think Pete in the end, unfortunately, with Russell and some other moves and coaches compromised. You compromised. In the end, you get exposed. So, yeah, I think any player, former player, would say, I'd love to play for that dude because what he says, he follows up. What he talks, he walks. And there's not a lot of places that do that in the NFL to that kind of standard unequivocally every day. And he's done. It's pretty cool. It's unlike with Fox's Brock Hewitt. It is brought to you by Lance's Lock. You get a free play every single day. College basketball, the NBA, of course, the divisional matchups this weekend. I'm calling a 4-0 right here. Go to lanceslock.com for more information. Our final matchup, and this is the one that's got the sizzle to it, when you get uh, Mahomes heading on the road, Orchard Park, to take on Josh Allen and the Buffalo Bills, a team nobody wanted to get into the postseason in the AFC. Um, they're starting to build this as Manning Brady. I don't see it. I know Mahomes has won championships. I've never seen Josh Allen win a massive game. Mm-hmm. And once he gets to an AFC championship and he can win that game, then I will be more on board with Allen. He is a guy that throws caution to the wind. Uh, he makes a ton of mistakes. He makes a ton of big plays. They're a two-and-a-half-point favorite, according to mybookie.ag right now. This is a tough matchup. I don't mm-hmm. like this Kansas City team i think the offense has seemed broken the majority of the year and buffalo is kind of uneven i i I don't really know what to think on this game right now this is a hard one and tell me who's playing linebacker and nickel for buffalo because as that game evolved the other night and they jumped up 21 nothing and and you know i think romo at that point a couple minutes to go before half is just like hey just run the ball just kick a field goal and get out of it and be up 24 nothing at halftime and instead they threw it and it was incomplete and the kick is blocked because it's a little bit longer kick and everything else and then all chaos ensues and as that game went on lance you lose another linebacker and you lose a nickelback a, a really talented kind of all pro level nickel and you just saw the you know that second level of that defense just get exposed by a very average Pittsburgh team at that point in their in their building. So that's a concern for me is who they got playing because if you got backups to backups, they were already at without Milano. He got injured earlier in the year, so you're playing two backup linebackers and a backup nickel. They played tentative. They played with a little, especially the nickel, with a little bit of doubt. They played like it's drawn up on a whiteboard to play it and not just play the game as some of their other you know veteran guys could be capable of doing. So if those guys don't play, I think I think Andy Reid's got enough, and certainly Mr. Mahomes got enough in his arsenal to take advantage of it. Well, they'll be going nuts there. Correct me if I'm wrong. I think the last time you were in Buffalo, Darius Williams got called for a phantom P.I. on fourth down. It extended the drive. Buffalo wins that game. Yes. I am so sick of my Rams getting jobbed by these officials. But did you ever play in Buffalo? I did. I did. I actually learned a valuable lesson in Buffalo. I think I told you guys this story at some point. I was the third stringer. 
back in the day when teams kept three and and the, even the guy in the I guess they're kind of back to doing that now a little bit this year and certainly will next year with all the injuries this last season. But I was a third stringer. One of my good buddies who was in Seattle on the practice squad with me, Travis Brown, great guy, now a pastor down in Arizona. He was the backup in Buffalo because our OC had left, Mike Shepard, and he was the OC there or in Buffalo and everything else, maybe even the head coach. And uh, I'm over there charting plays. It was a, kind of a cold day, but not crazy, crazy cold. Uh, Andy Van Pelt was QB for Buffalo, and I think we ended up winning the game. But Travis came up to me after the game and said, hey, man, just as a friend, just be careful over there when you're charting plays because we got a pretty good tell on you because he knew the West Coast system. Blue right, F short, two-jet flanker drive. takes a whole lot longer to write than green right, 93 blast. And I was like, man, you are a good friend. <laughs> so <laughs> I, you know, again, stealing signs and digging into everything. He's like, yeah, hey, we were watching you over there. You know, and it was pretty easy to tell when it was a run play because most of those run plays are a lot shorter in vocabulary than those past plays where you're writing and you're writing. So pretty good little run past tell and pretty good lesson learned for a rookie quarterback to make sure I'm better with my signs or my handwriting over there on the sidelines. Uh, it's going to be a fun divisional weekend. Again, some starving fan bases from Buffalo to San Francisco to Detroit. We'll see what happens. Always great stuff here on Unlocked. It's on Disrupt the Media. Like, subscribe, give us that thumbs up. It is always brought to you by MyBookie. Use that code this weekend. Next round, you're going to secure first deposit on the house at MyBookie.ag. Always great stuff. Enjoy the weekend. And uh, for Alabama fans, Settle uh, down. One, yeah, for the Bamulets. Yeah, for the Bamulets, just turn the siren down. Just turn it off. I know it's fire. I know it's chaos. I know Lane is rubbing it right in your face, and many of these guys may end up at Ole Miss and everything else. But just remember, the Huskies were nine-and-a-half-point underdogs to the Ducks, and they were underdogs in the regular season, and they were underdogs to Texas, and they were underdogs time and time again. And you may on paper be an underdog to Ole Miss next year, and they may be more talented. But this guy's got a pretty good track record of getting the most out of what he has. And Brock, we trust. Okay, have a great weekend, buddy. See you, pal.